Welcome to Bible News Press. Our goal is to discuss biblical faith beyond cliches and buzzwords, whether such words are religious or political. Sometimes we sit around the table and fellowship. Sometimes we do a little time travel. It is all part of our journey with our Abba Father, who has given us the key to life. We do it with Jesus, and we do it together. Welcome. Hello, I'm Laura, and today I want to talk to you about how to study the Bible. I'm going to start off with giving a little bit of my history so you know where I'm coming from, and then talking about the term study and whether or not that's appropriate or helpful, and then give some ideas about how to go about this, as well as some cautions. So first, a little bit about me to help put into context what I am saying and where I have gotten the perspective and the knowledge that I'm going to share with you. I did grow up in a Christian home. I became a follower of Jesus Christ at a very young age and have been exposed to the Bible and its teachings and having people read it to me in various ways throughout my life. Now, I think this has its pros and its cons. On one hand, I have some familiarity with all of the stories in the Bible. On the other hand, having spent most of my childhood in a more institutionalized religious setting, there are some things I had to unlearn. Now, fast forwarding a few years when we had children and decided to teach them at home, I knew that teaching them foundational truths was a priority for us. So I read the Bible to them and discussed it with them regularly, and I learned just how valuable that could be. Then when my most of my children were older and my time was a little bit more flexible, even though I was still reading with them, I began meeting with a friend regularly, and the gist of it was that we agreed every week to read a few chapters, depending on their length and where they were and how complicated they seemed. We agreed to read a few chapters, and then we got together for a couple of hours and we discussed them. We did this without any kind of program study or study book. We just read and we discussed. Now, through these various stages, I have used or referenced different resources for various reasons, and I will mention more about those later and put links to those on the website. Now, let's talk a little bit about the term Bible study. It is a common term, and we should think about what that means to us, what it means to other people. I don't think it means the same thing to all people. Some people just view the Bible as a historical document, and some people view it as a book of rules. And though it has some of each of those elements in it, that is not the core of its purpose. One way to try to summarize this is that it is God's messages and records for us, to us, because he wants us to know him through what he reveals. Jesus says he is the Father. He talks about God the Father, and so that means something. It means something relational. Even in the Old Testament, where a variety of names are used to describe God, uh, beginning with the very uh, well-known one, He is, I am, but the others refer to how He wants to take care of us and to know Him, and there are many analogies to Him as the husband of Israel. So again, many signs that He wants relationship with His people. So you are shortchanging yourself if you only read the Bible like a textbook or a how-to manual. It is better read as a heartfelt communication, like news from your best friend, or actually like a message from the king of the universe who has invited you into a conversation where he very much wants you to know him. 
The Bible is so much more than just history or some collections of poetry and proverbs and a bit of prophecy. It is using all of these to call you into fellowship with your Creator and Savior. Now, I will refer back to a familiar theme, and that is that the message of faith and how God loves us and what He has done for us and all we have to do to accept that is a simple message. It doesn't have to be complicated. But on the other hand, there is all kinds of evidence and there are things that come up for discussion in various circles because of misunderstandings or problems that need to be dealt with. With all of this in mind, you can see that a regular reading of the scriptures helps to both encourage us, to fortify us, and to prepare us for the things that are going to come up or do come up in our lives. So how should we or can we effectively, quote, study the Bible, unquote? Well, I believe the first and most basic step to do this is to actually read it. But before I talk a little bit more about the details of reading it, let's talk a bit about the idea of choosing a translation or understanding where translations come from. In episode 77 of the Bible News Press podcast, I discussed why I switched over to reading and recording from the World English Bible, and I think if you listen to that, that will give you some good insight and ideas about where to research the idea of translations. But in summary, I'll just say that there are many reasons to be very sure of the reliability of the text, both extra-biblical in uh, studying history itself and the sources of documents, and intra-biblical if you read the Bible itself, it verifies itself. But there are some books, I would say, uh, that have taken the Bible and try to claim to be translations, and they are not true to the original documents at all or the original languages. And usually those are just done by one person. And so anytime a translation is newer and just done by one person, you might check that. I'd be very suspicious of that. So now when you read the Bible, you should do it in what people say is reading it in context. What does that mean exactly? Well, that really means reading whole passages or full stories or full letters, but it also means reading enough of it at once so that you can see how things connect between the different parts of the Bible. And if you are reading enough regularly, that will happen. You won't have to work at it. So did you catch what I said there? I said regularly. If you read regularly, there will be a cohesiveness and a building of understanding that just comes. And whereas it might sound onerous just because of the way the word study makes us think, or the idea that it's unknown, or you might think it's complicated, I think you will actually find that once you start reading sections, as I've described, that it's very interesting. It will grab you and you will have a harder time putting it down than you thought you would. Let me emphasize again that I think there is important value in not doing this through a programmed study of the passages. And I don't mean not having a schedule for reading, although that has its pros and cons, but don't do it where somebody else is saying, okay, read this, now think about this about the passage, or what did they mean by that? Don't clutter your absorption and your understanding as you process all of this with anybody else's thoughts except what the Bible itself says. That is not to say that there's not value in discussion. There is lots of value in discussion, 
but I think there's more value in discussion with somebody you know when you've already read the sections by yourself and thought about them. And take some notes. Have a little notebook where you um, make notes in this verse, this was interesting, or I remembered this from somewhere else, and asking yourself questions, things I want to go back to. And it doesn't have to be complicated. It's just a way to process your thoughts as you're reading through it. And if there are particular words that have become religiousized, I might say, or you're not sure what they mean biblically versus how they've come to be meant in modern usage, then refer to something like Vine's Expository expository Dictionary or another reference book I have is called The Dictionary of the Old Testament. And of course, you have to evaluate the legitimacy of any resource, but there are lots of good ones out there. And I also suggest that you have some maps handy and you actually look at the maps for the places that are referred to. That'll make it more interesting and it will make it stick in your mind differently. But again, this doesn't have to be complicated and you're not preparing for a test. This is something to just help with the discovery and the understanding of these true stories. And through all of this, trust that God with his Holy Spirit, will help you to understand. After all, that is something he promises. Now, after you have read a lot of the Bible yourself, not necessarily all of it, but I would say the more of it you can, the better, before you start listening to or reading the expository teaching of other people. There are a couple of reasons for having a lot of Bible reading of your own under your belt before you do this. First of all, you will understand more of what these people are saying and what they're talking about. And secondly, you will be better able to discern and evaluate what they are saying. What should you look for in a person who is teaching the Bible? I think, first of all, you should look for humility. And secondly, that they believe that the scriptures are the infallible word of God that he has been able to preserve through time for us. But always keep in mind that we can all encourage each other, and we are all always learning. No one is correct all of the time except for God. Now I'm going to discuss two sort of opposite points. The first one is uh, back in reference to my own upbringing, where I had to sort of unlearn some religious things that had been taught relating to the scriptures. This is even a theme in the Bible. Uh, Jesus is telling the Pharisees and the Sadducees that they have added to the scriptures in ways that God didn't mean for it to be. And that is just a human tendency. And various religious traditions have taken the biblical record and they've tried to make it fit into what they want it to mean or into their limited understanding. And we need to be aware of that and careful of it. One kind of funny example of this is that there are some descriptions in Job that seem to particularly be describing what is possibly dinosaurs. But in ages past, the idea of what this beast could be was so far beyond imagination. It was in the time period when they, from when they became extinct, um, we lost knowledge of them. And so people tried to make up other ideas of what could be described there instead of just accepting the description there and saying, we don't know what that is, and waiting to see if somehow that was revealed at some time. The record of the Hittites in the Bible is another example of this because archaeologists could not find any evidence of them. They just said the Bible made it up. But we know now that the Bible was perfectly true. But another way that the religious traditions tend to confuse things in how they decide that we should gather and fellowship as Christians. 
There are many things about how certain religious organizations say that we need to get together or have certain figureheads do this or that that have no biblical basis. Sort of on the other end of the spectrum is that we need to remember that there are perversions of truth that are as old as time, and even so much that the New Testament already starts refuting some of them. Any newfound enlightenment in a generation, which is often couched in terms of freedom from religious bondage or recognizing our self-worth, any of those that say that guilt is the enemy and that humans are good are old lies wrapped in new packages. People have always been rebellious about God, with a lot of coaching from the evil powers and princes of the air, since the fall of man. The idea that we can be like God comes dressed in many forms still today. So it can be useful at some point in your review or study reading of scriptures to look at some resources that talk about false religions that distort or try to discount the Bible. I don't think we have to be afraid that somehow they can cut apart our faith or or really destroy us in any way, but it just can be useful, and it makes you possibly more useful in defending the truth, which we are told biblically we should do our best to be ready for, although it is always up to the Holy Spirit. It's not under our power to change people's hearts. Throughout all of this, just pray. Ask God to reveal himself and his word to you in the ways that he wants to in your situation and his timing. He is your Abba Father. He loves you, and he wants you to know him and to live in the fullness and the joy that you were created to live in. So there you have it, some guidelines for how to study the Bible, or you might say how to enjoy the Bible, or even how to let the Bible penetrate to your soul and strengthen you and fill you with life on a level that it was created to do because it is God's messages to us. Again, on the website, I will give links to various books and websites that I think will be useful to you in this endeavor to engage with the Bible. I've already mentioned Vine's Expository Dictionary, but I will also mention The Case for Christ by Lee Strobel and Many Infallible Proofs by Henry Morris, as well as the book Learn the Bible in 24 Hours by Chuck Missler. But again, I think that overall it can be useful to be reading a lot of the Bible before you even read a summary of the Bible. And as for websites, I think the C.S. Lewis Institute, which uh, has a lot to say on apologetics, and also the website Answers in Genesis will both be very useful to you. And I will be continuing to record sections of the World English Bible and posting them on the Bible News Press podcast here. Thanks for listening and see you next time. That is the Bible News Press segment for today, but not the end of our journey. 